We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. And uh, coming in September 2020, a new site we have built together called... Defector. Defector, and we're going to have a new podcast to go with it. This very podcast, which has the name... The Distraction. It's out right now, and it's available everywhere else you get your podcast. At Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction everywhere. It's out right now. Go listen. See ya. Bye. When you first told me that you wanted to put me and my babies on social media, I was like, hell no. Deadass? <laughs> yeah, deadass. I, I was know. there. I was, I was there too when you said it. All right. But I could foresee what social media was going to be. So do I don't get no credit? I guess you'd be knowing, knowing. I do be knowing. Deadass. <laughs> hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellis's. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. When we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts now. I went for an audition on a TV show. I'm not going out the TV show, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, of course, I get I get the sides, and it's for inmates, all right? So I'm like, damn, inmate number seven, okay. So then I, I walk in for the audition, and there's two roles they're reading for. And one role is for inmate number seven, and the other role is for doctor. All of the people that were auditioning for doctor were Asian and white. All of the people who were auditioning for inmate number seven were black and brown. And it was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. And I came home, and he's like, how'd it go? And I was just like... Yeah, I remember I being like, excited. I, I was like, oh, this I is left. a cool show. Like, what are you going to do? And yeah, I was like, what? And first of all, and as an actor, sometimes you just get tired. You know, like, I had, I had two lines. And the line was, bitch, what? That's my towel. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like, I didn't really have to prepare for that. And, and Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? How many ways can you inflict, you inflict that? You know? And bitch, what? <laughs> that's my towel. That's my towel. <laughs> that's my towel, bitch. Like, <laughs> right. how does that work? I'm not knocking those roles because those roles are needed on television, right. but I was just tired of playing those roles. Right. And um, I just decided to say, you know what, babe? I want to show them my comedic style. I want to show them my ability to write. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I want to share our story. Right. So, I'm going to create a sitcom. And at the time, Instagram was only 15 seconds. And you was like, what, DeVal? I was like, trust me. And those two situations birthed... The social sitcom. The social sitcom known as The Ellis's. The Ellis's. I need to get by. Shout out you to gonna come in method A. Shorty, I'm there for hey. you anytime you need Are me. For you? real, girl, it's me in your world. Believe me, hey. nothing make a man feel better than a woman. Queen with a crown, that be down for whatever. Word. There's a few things that's forever. My lady, we could make war or make babies. We made three. Back when I was nothing, hey. you made a brother feel like he was something. That's why I'm with you till this day. Boom, no front. Hey. Yeah. Oh, that was so cute. You already know that's. I'll let Devout the karaoke song today, and although yes. I suck. Trying to sing no, Mary's you, part. First of all, get, uh, can't everybody just sing Mary? Like, 
right, like you, you gave a valid effort. Can't nobody effort. sing Mary like Mary. <laughs> you gave a valiant I, but that's, effort. That's the point of karaoke. You know exactly. what I mean? You ain't supposed to the sound good, good. The good, the bad, and the bad. So for today's show, we're talking social media, what the journey's been like for us and what it really means to put our lives on full display. And later on in the show, joining us, we have Eric Dickens. He's the creator and writer of the show Makeup and Breakup. And also we have two of the cast members who are also going to join the show and tell us exactly what we have to look forward to. But um, I picked that song because of the words you're yes. all I need. Yes. And where we were in our life when I decided to say we're going to start this. Yes. In social media. We were at a point in our lives where there was a bunch of things going on yes. simultaneously where yes. we felt like, you know what? Enough is enough. We need to now find a way to gain control and autonomy over our lives. Yes. To yes. take a step out on a limb yes. and see if this, gonna, if this is going to work. Because yes. to be quite honest, when we first talked about this whole social media thing, there were friends who were just like, y'all are doing too much. Yeah. There were people who mentored you in Family. the acting field oh, that were yeah. like, you don't want to put yourself out there as just a dad doing regular things every day because yeah. no one's going to want to see that. They're not going to value you yeah. or just credit you as an actor. Yeah. We had family who was like, yeah. you're sharing too much of your yeah. lives. Why would you guys want to yeah. do that? Giving yeah. people a lens into your personal life. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. Nobody saw it. But you see, no. you, if, y'all, if y'all don't know right now, I'm smiling. <laughs> and I will tell you why I'm smiling, right? This is going to sound crazy, right? But there is a delusional quality that all successful people have, right? Speak on it. Because they can see things that other people can't see, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, when I'm talking to my kids that I mentor and they're telling me what they want to accomplish and stuff like that, mm-hmm. if you tell me something that somebody else is, oh, I got an idea, Coach DeVal, mm-hmm. and they tell me it, and I've heard it before, I'm just like, that's that's not an idea, that's what people are doing. Right. So when I was telling people, and I remember going through this journey when I just retired from the league and I was telling friends and family that I wanted to do TV, yes. we had friends who were just like, you want to act? Right. Yeah, I had friends that asked you, yeah. how long are you going to let DeVal do this acting thing? How long thing? is he going to be doing this whole acting thing? Like, what, what's that about? I had family you that were just like, oh, you're going to do acting next. Okay, oh, first football and acting. S- starving actor. Right. <laughs> and all of this, and, and what happens is people, people say that that's hate. Mm-hmm. That's not hate. Mm-hmm. That's not hate. People are not supposed to see your vision. Right. If everybody around you can see your vision, mm-hmm. that means that they're going to start trying to do what you're doing. Then it gets crowded in that lane. Right. I don't want nobody to see my vision. So when I told people what I was doing and they were just like, yeah, I don't see it. I was right. Like, yes. Right. Like, and it was yes. to the point where it started to kind of scare me a little bit, but in a good way. And in speaking to my manager recently or our manager recently, she was like, Kadeen, if your dreams are not scaring you to the point that you, that you are right now, then what's the point? Like, why are we That's doing true. this? And it was like a nervous scare, but I was like, you know what? I'm a rock out with DeVal. I rocked out with him through the NFL. That came and went. Mm-hmm. We started all over again. We had Jackson. We rocked out with starting the gym. Remember yes. when I started Elite Prototype Athletics? Yes. I came back to Brooklyn, right? Me and my brother. I said, y'all going to do sports performance yes. in Brooklyn. Everybody in Brooklyn was like, that ain't going to work. We ended up having our own space at Aviator Sports and Recreation Center. Right. Fast forward another three years. I'm part ownership of a gym. Shout mm-hmm. out to Brooklyn Athletic Club. Mm-hmm. Your visions have to be big if you want to do something different and great. Absolutely. They, they have, have to, to be. be big. They have to be. And you coming home from the league, you could not have come back, made, like been the small guy from Brooklyn, making it to the league, coming back to Brooklyn and not pouring back into the community that birthed right. you. So it was, it was necessary to build this, this business. It, it was. was. 
And I was like, you know what, Deval? If you want to build this business, I'm a whole of family down. That's when I went and back to did. Mac and I was working and, you know, we, yeah. we gave the story about us, you know, hustling with each other and me working yeah. in retail, trying to sustain things while yeah. you were getting your business off the ground. And that was all in the plan to be able to give ourselves the full flexibility and freedom that we needed yes. to then be creatives right. and have the time to invest and not have to worry about right. chasing the dollar. And that led us to social media yes. because... I was looking at all of the great people that I inspired to be like. Mm-hmm. I looked aspire, at, yeah. I looked at, uh, who I said aspire? You inspire. 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 You aspire I, I to aspire, be yeah. like. Yeah, I aspire to be like. Right. I looked at, of course, Jay-Z, I'm from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? He got passed over by so many record labels till he started. Right. Rockefeller. Right. And now look, mm-hmm. you know, you look at, I'm not a boxer, but you look at Floyd Mayweather. Right. Took his whole boxing career in his hands. And is now one of the greatest boxers of all time. People can say what they want to say about him, but his business acumen is unmatched. You know, he's a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at Tyler Perry. Mm -hmm. You look at Issa Rae. Mm -hmm. uh, You look at uh, you look at Kevin Hart. Yeah. All of these people traveled on a road that nobody else was traveling on. Yes. And said, I'm going to do it this way. Yes. And made it happen. Right. So for me. Social media was a way for me to tell my story because I like to write. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been writing scripts mm-hmm. and I've been writing stories mm-hmm. forever. Yep. He literally has been. So like he'll literally watch movies and watch it with such a different eye. That's when I knew you were really serious about acting mm-hmm. was when we'd go to the movies because we used to go so frequently. Yes. Uh, when we every were younger, week. when we had time, we were like every in the week. movie every week. And the way DeVal would look and watch a movie and then critique the movie and break it down or he would just foresee things happening. I was just like, wow, this guy really is serious about this whole acting situation. I love so, storytelling. Yes. Yes. I love storytelling. So it only made sense when social media became a thing for us to really take control over it. And the thing that I love that to say that we have both come up with is that, you know, we did not let social media happen to us. We happened to social media. Absolutely. When you have the control over your content, when right. you're able to really put together and construct your own narrative, right. then you really can just put out what you want to put out and you don't have to rely on anybody else to tell your story. Absolutely. The story comes out more authentic. It's more organic in the moment. Yeah. And it's really what we didn't foresee becoming a thing, becoming a thing. We were really just putting our family and ourselves out there. And I say that loosely because, you know, I've gotten backlash from some family members or we've heard people saying Mm -hmm. like, why would you share so much of your life? Share so much of your life. Let's really dissect it and break it down. You know, there's 365 days in a year, 24 hours in a day. If I'm sharing a one minute video every day, every day, that's like less than 1%. Yes, it's less than 1% of of my entire life of my day. So how much am I really sharing? Not much. Not much. much. However, I think that there is... Um, a greatness in being able to make people feel as if they're so invested and so drawn in by a minute, that 60 seconds that we construct where people feel they can relate to it. They can engage. They can share. You know why? It's because now if you look at our page, you can watch a full two and a half years of what's going on in our life through 60 second clips and create a story of who the Ellis's are. Absolutely. And that's that's what I wanted to create with this social sitcom, mm-hmm. I wanted to create a platform where people can see our style of art mm-hmm. and we can have control over it. So that's the why. Now, as an artist, if you're a painter, mm-hmm. right, what do artists paint? Right. They paint 
things that, that inspire they, them, right. things that are in their lives. If you're mm-hmm. a rapper, what do you rap things about? That they like. Your life. Right. If you sing, you sing about life events. Right. If you're a writer or a creator, mm-hmm. you write and create about your life. Right. There's things nothing that inspire you. Things more going on important you. to me than my family. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was easy content right. for me to script around mm-hmm. to create content that people I feel were, that, that I feel I was missing. Right. And you were passionate land, about it. Super passionate. I'm super passionate about family. Mm-hmm. I'm super passionate about legacy building. Mm-hmm. I'm super passionate about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also super passionate about how we are represented in these stories that we tell. Mm-hmm. You know, so so often, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, a lot of the stories we told were the classic hood stories. You know, Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, shout out to John Singleton. Mm-hmm. Um, these stories show black people in one way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always wondered when I was growing up, because I grew up in Flatbush in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and people would ask me that didn't live in Brooklyn who saw movies from Brooklyn. Like, they, they watched Juice. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, oh, that's how it is all the time. You have to be shooting up each other all the time. Right. Or what I thought about L.A. Mm-hmm. I thought about L.A., what I thought was menace to society and boys in the hood. Right. So if I ever go to L.A., I might get shot. You and I'm a young kid. Up. You know, I'm a young kid. Yeah. I'm like, what about the, the, the young middle class families who right. are thriving, thriving and living and different type of lives? Yeah, yeah. You know, and... And I was like, you know what? I want to create a story mm-hmm. around those type of families. Right. And I was like, I might as well start with my, my family. family. <laughs> you know, I might, <laughs> exactly. I might as well start my family. You you came from right. a, a strong middle class family. I came from a strong middle class family. Right. Your family is from the West Indies. Mm-hmm. So and we talked about this. They have a completely different viewpoint of what America is than the black American family. So I'm like, yo, that's actually dope. Right. That we can talk about the mixing Talk about the whole cultures. fusion culture situation that we right. have going on here. Yeah. So, and not to mention, like, funny shit just be happening in our house yes. every day. Yes. Every single day there's something funny that happens. And yes. I think it's even just like the relationship we have where we don't take ourselves too seriously. Right, and we we can constantly humor. joke on each other and we find the humor in, in parenting. Yeah. We find the humor in relationships and in marriage. And we're able to even now at this point speak about things that may be not so fun. Right. And right. find a humorous twist on it. But at least it sparks conversation. Even the greatest, the people who are at the highest of the mountain. You look at Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper, right? Mm-hmm. He He wrote, I think he wrote and directed mm-hmm. this last film that he did that was um nominated mm-hmm. a star is born a star is born right yeah, and when they asked him when they yeah. asked him right you know what made you what made you get to this and he wanted to he said i was tired of waiting yeah for people to write the role that i wanted to do right here is and mm-hmm. we always talk about race in this country here is a, a white male who was at the pinnacle he's already been nominated and won an oscar i believe mm-hmm and even still, he is like, yo, I don't want to wait. I want to do it myself. Mm-hmm. That to me is inspiring. Absolutely. Because if he, if he already has all of the tools and the advantages and the privilege. Right. He still is not sitting back and waiting. And waiting. He's he still writing and producing and directing. Stuff. So, so me, little old me, mm-hmm. if I want to get to that level and he's hustling like that. Mm-hmm. I need to get on that same hustle. Denzel does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Will Smith, Will does, Smith the does the same thing. thing. Look at look at Will's presence now on social media. This is this is like Will Smith. You like, know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Epic. Look at Deval. He's about to cry. Think about, about to Will cry. Smith. Will Smith. Yo, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> y'all have no clue. Y'all have no clue how much that man inspires me. Yes. Not only as a, a, an actor, but as an entrepreneur, as a father. As a husband, 
as a creator mm-hmm. and as just an overall person and lover of people. Right. Like he, and just, he understands people. He I, understand, I think you right. guys have similarities in that. Like you really understand people and, and he what wants it is everybody that they need. to win. Yeah. Like he just wants everybody to win. He wants yeah. everybody to have a good time. I want to dive into a little bit more of the how for mm-hmm. people because mm-hmm. I want this to be insightful, right? Mm-hmm. People always ask us about monetizing mm-hmm. social media, right. right? These two words, brand consciousness, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. There are people on social media who have millions of followers who can't make any money because their content is not digestible. Brands can't partner with you to push your content. Right. So you may have a million followers who like to watch you do funny stuff. Right. But you can never really make any real money. Right. And I think that's the part that people are missing. People think that the brands come with the following. Right. It doesn't come with the following. Right. It comes with the engagement. Right. And it comes with the content. Right. Because there and are. And more importantly, the content than the engagement. Because you may have engagement yes. for having, you know, doing Absolutely. random things that that spark Absolutely. people to come to your page and be like, they want to be entertained. Absolutely. But the content piece is the most important part. Because there are people who have 50,000 followers who make a living like they work on Wall Street mm-hmm. because they have great content mm-hmm. and they have great brand partnerships. Exactly. So if you don't if you don't take anything else away from this, mm-hmm. take away from this. If your content is not digestible mm-hmm. and can't be seen by this demographic, mm-hmm. 11 through 35, <laughs> and that 11 is the most important because I don't know if you know this, but the most highest paid influencers on YouTube are children. Children. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? I said they're children because this generation is driven by those phones and those tablets. Yes. The older people still watch TV. Right. Yes, they watch TV. Yeah. But the young people in the future, everything is done on the phone. Mm-hmm. So if you can captivate that young audience. Exactly. You can make some money. Exactly. Now, how you create your content, the type of content you create, that's on you. Right. I can't I can't tell you what's fascinating in your life or tell you how to write a story. Right. But when it comes to this social media stuff, you have to understand that brand consciousness is important. Yes. What you post, how you post, when you post is very important. Extremely important. And when thinking about content, too, a lot of people want to know, like, how we are able to, like, how do you come up with this funny stuff? It, it literally is situations that just happen in our household yes. that we, if anything, have to just redo or reenact. Or right. it'll just be a random time. We're walking down the block and I'll see Devon, Devon hold his, 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 you know, his, his camera up. And then next thing you know, it becomes a video and I'm posting on social media. Um, but I, w- I will say... Say that make sure your content is is authentic and organic to whatever your message is or whatever yes. it is you're trying to do um, yes. and paying little attention to the comments per se right you know we get the question a lot about how do you guys deal with people in your comments and what people have to say, say and say for hate. the most part yeah the I'm, hate. A, I'm gonna I'm gonna I gotta, I gotta put this out there I, I can't say this enough right we have to stop over utilizing this word hate Mm-hmm. Because someone disagrees with what you say or doesn't like your content, doesn't does make them mean, a hater. It does not warrant it as that, hate. It's not hate. They, they're, right. they're different thinkers. They may not think like you, but understand that they're on your page and they're commenting. Right. So you're still engaging them. Right. If you if you continue to you know disrespect people or disengage people who dis, who disagree with you, right. you're losing people who may share your content. Right. And it's then you're okay. taking the time, too, to then engage in back and forth with people who disagree with what you may have put out there. And what are you doing now? You're wasting time. Yes. Wasting energy. Yes. Engaging in these dialogues that go yes. back and forth and back and forth in an entire thread. Yes. When you could be thinking about the next, next video that you're going to be posting. Anyone that takes the time to view your content. 
they're not a hater. They're right. a supporter. Exactly. Whether they like it or not. Exactly. They may not like that video per se, but mm-hmm. if they come back to see another one, they may like the next one. Exactly. So you can appreciate if someone doesn't Absolutely. agree with the content. And that's important for people to understand yes. with social media. Yes. And you can be selective in what you engage into. That's also the, the great thing about it. Yes. You don't necessarily have to answer to everything. You know, and we always say it, we would do a disservice to people who support and are positive and, and, and always are encouraging us and yes. sharing our content and we showing us so them. much love. We love and appreciate that so much because they are the reason why we even have a platform like this to begin with. Tip there number you one. Go. Tip number one. Do not focus mm-hmm. on the comments that come with every video. Yes. Because every video is just a snapshot in time. Right. And people are going to judge you on that snapshot in time. But mm-hmm. if you know you have more content coming mm-hmm. and there's content prior, mm-hmm. they'll learn more about you mm-hmm. by watching your content. You don't have to defend yourself. Right. On every bit of content you put out. Exactly. You don't that have to. That's a great exhausting. tip. That's exhausting. Exhausting as it hell. It creates insecurities. There we go. And that it'll make you not want to create content. Exactly. That's a great tip. That's tip great number tip. two. Be authentic in whatever your content is. Yes. And do not allow that to deter you from creating what organically you want to put out there. Absolutely. A lot of times people do not know what they want until you give it to them. That's true. So That's give it true. to them. What's the worst that could happen when you put your stuff out there? People don't like it. Oh, well. Oh, well. You will have your demographic of people that will cheer for you and root for you and want some more. That's so true. So do it. That's true. Do it. That's so true. Any other tips? Anything else that you wish somebody would have schooled you on before this whole social media game became a thing that you're just like, you know what? This is like very insightful. I think we we gave people a lot to to think about here if they were thinking about embarking on this whole social media journey or just how to deal with it now that you have content that people are putting out on a regular basis. I just say go do it. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Like you, you, can, you can't be afraid. Don't listen to the naysayers. And, oh, last oh, last tip. It does not happen overnight. Mm. So, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. And, and I've heard um, Taraji P. Henson say this. I heard Kevin Hart say this. Mm-hmm. It takes 10 years to become an overnight celebrity. Yeah, say it again. Yo, Taraji been in the game forever. You know? And she's like, y'all just realized right. this? Like, what? When, when, when Empire took cookie, off and all that? Yes. It's like, Taraji comes out of nowhere. Uh, she's like, like, bitch, I've always been here. What you mean? <laughs> y'all just woke the hell up. Shoot. Yo, it takes time. It takes time, people. There's a tip I can give you. It takes time. Just be mm-hmm. consistent. Love mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. Love what you do and find somebody that loves it with you, that can mm-hmm. push you when the times get rough. Because if I didn't have this woman right here, this is no no bullshit. It is easier for me to do what I do when I can wake up and I know I got a partner that can help fill in the gaps at the things I'm not good at. Like I said, I can, I'm can. i not organized. Right now, we're sitting at a table and everyone signed their autographs and signatures all over the table. My brain is like this table. There's a bunch <laughs> of stuff all over in his brain. His beautiful brain, mind of his. Her brain is like a file cabinet. <laughs> like she, she can just go right in there and just pull something out. Bam. There you go. So, you know, find someone that can help you with this journey and, and make it happen. The yin to my yang. The yin to my yang. Social media. Right, baby? Do you like social media? I have a love-hate relationship with social media. You didn't always like More social media. More love than hate, though. You didn't always like it. I didn't. I you didn't. didn't. I was very apprehensive at first. Didn't see the vision. Didn't have the foresight. I did have the foresight, though, that you would grow into your head. So be glad that I Yo, had the foresight to see that. you always send the shots. You send the shots and I can't <laughs> I send it back. Sh- it's all you right, can though. send it back. Okay. okay. Why? So your little minions could come at me? I don't want your little minions coming at me. <laughs> you don't want that work. You really no, don't want that work. No, I don't want you it. Don't. You don't. You don't. But <laughs> I'm glad to introduce somebody who also has foresight when it comes to social media. This is Mr. Eric Dickens. Now, first and foremost, let me give you guys a little story. When I was just doing the, the dad thing on social media, me and my wife, um, 
I had reached out to one of my homeboys, K-Mel. K-Mel, I think, had spoke to Eric about possibly doing some stuff on a show that he had on social media, right? So Eric hit me up and was like, yo, I got a role for you. It's only one scene, right? So I was like, it's a web series. It's one scene. I'm with it. So then Eric was just like, all right, cool. Come through. We chopped it up. We talked for about, what was it, about three months after doing that one scene about stuff we wanted to do. And Eric gave me some more opportunities, and it grew into a full-fledged relationship. Now my man Eric Dickens is here. You're, we in the building. He's hey. in the building. So for those of you who have not seen Makeup to Breakup, it's a series about relationships and all the dynamics. Basically, you have a couple who are goals on the outside looking in, but girl decides to leave the relationship. And when she realizes the grass ain't always greener, Typical. girl decides that she wants that old thing back. That's what always happens. But the guy is now in a new relationship and has to figure out where, where he wanna, wanna be. be. Hey, Donnell Jones, shout out. It. You heard the yeah. bravado. <laughs> the bravado. <laughs> now, Eric, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, Eric. Um, native of Philadelphia, just turned 35. Um, I Philly work, ball. I work in digital ad sales as the nine to five, and the other five to nine is creating um, content. So that's where I'm at right now with it. Wow, that's first of all. Wow, I didn't even know you had like a full time job job. Yeah, yeah. So you got yeah. a job job and you do yeah. this on the side. Yeah, well, hustling. Nah, it ain't no side. It ain't no side. So no, <laughs> to, no so the, hus- the nine to five is the side. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. okay. All <laughs> well, right, talk, I got talk it. a little bit about that because a lot of people don't understand that you have to have capital to be able to do your your art. Right, right. So what is that like? You know, having a nine to five and still being able to create content. Um, it's dope because I mean, you don't really have to struggle. You just have to learn how to budget. Um, when I was an undergrad, I did t- TV for production, and like all okay. the camera equipment we used was crazy expensive. Okay. Fast forward, fifteen, eighteen years later, you can make a movie or anything on your phone. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, so right, right. The budget is a little bit different, where you can actually afford to create content on your own as opposed to you know wait for somebody to back your project now right. you could just go out there and do it yourself right um so that's been the the good part about it as far as funding um i t- tell everybody just create a goal you know mm-hmm. what i mean set your goal if you can't get investors you got to back it yourself mm-hmm. um just put a, a little bit of money away monthly and then once you finally reach your goal you can go forth with your project how did you come up with this concept tell us a little bit about the show and and how did you even come up with the idea oh interesting so um as a kid like most men my inspiration like i felt like I looked up to the movie Boomerang with okay. Eddie Murphy. So mm-hmm. my goal was to get to New York by any means necessary. I wanted to work directly in television, but the hours was crazy. So mm-hmm. I figured, like I said, if I go over to like the digital side or like the corporate side, I could do a nine to five, collect that money, and do my own thing. So that's kind of what I did. Um, funny thing, I ended up working in ad sales, which Marcus Graham did in the movie. Okay, right. So throughout my 20s, like just dating in Harlem and just going to Brooklyn and dating, it was crazy. Like you would literally spend so much money going out on dates with multiple women. So it's based on your life. Not my life. Just <laughs> my. It, it's loosely based on some of the situations that I had, but a lot okay. of my friends. Okay, and like, okay, okay. By Sunday morning, it's kind of like, how much money did I spend? Why am I waking up outside of my apartment? Like, the, scenario, right. the stories you would hear on Monday would be crazy. So I right. was like, what if right. I put all this into one show and, like, to see how it kind of, like, um, pan out? But a lot of stuff is, like, fabricated. But, you know. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of it does. It. Like, sometimes my friends be watching and be like, yo, that, that scenario kind of sounds familiar. And I'd be like, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> We're not naming any names, like, right. though, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great because I think that's what makes the show so relatable for people who are watching and they're so invested right. in the characters because right. they probably all know somebody who's been in one of those characters' positions before. Right, right, right. Or it's them themselves. True. And they say stuff like, nah, that was my friend. <laughs> I do that all the time. I do that on 
this podcast. My friend thinks, uh-huh. knowing that shit be me. Right? I know that shit be me. Now I know I'm going to look out for you and your friends. You and your little friends. It don't be you I'm worried about. It don't be you. Okay. It be your minions. They roll up on me in the street. Matter of fact, it was with Eric. When we when I was yes. shooting, this was for another project. Okay, yes. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went. You know, me and the, the other the female lead went into the bar because y'all was setting up the lights outside. Right, right. So we were like, "Yo, we gonna run lines while we're at the bar, so that when we go outside, we're ready." So me and her at the bar running lines. Shorty walks up right on me. I know your wife. That's not her. <laughs> I'm like, first of all. It's we were mad just rude. telling the story. Yeah, we were just telling them. I'm like, first of all, that's mad rude. You don't even know who this could right, be. Right, this right. could be a client. This could be someone who I'm working with. And she was like, she gave you three whole boys. And then yeah, she was going to slide to them DMs real yo, quick. Yo, she was going to take a picture real pictures, quick. Pictures, video, all that. You have a little bit of a cult following. And I knew this when I was on Makeup to Breakup. And, and someone came into my comments. It was like, yo, Gavin. Yeah. And I was like, I have a friend named Gavin. Was and that after first, the first scene? No, this is after the scene? one scene oh, that wow. I did uh-huh. uh, a summer ago. Uh-huh. And he's like, yo, Gavin, I saw you. And I was like, what are they talking? And I was like, oh, make up and break up. So it was kind of dope to see how your following kind of follow you guys yeah. everywhere. Well, how did you get into doing it on YouTube? Because most people think like you think. Let me come up with a concept. Let me put it in film festivals. Let me mm-hmm. submit it. Or get investors. You were like, no. I'm going to do, do it myself. myself. What, what made you get to that point? I, I would say Issa Rae was a good inspiration to everybody who's mm-hmm. up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people, they have the pleasure of going to film school, um, mm-hmm. USC or, you know, NYU, and ba- basically having like a, I, I don't want to say a, a blueprint, but they kind of have a direction. And I feel like, from my perspective, um, I didn't go to school for film school. So it's kind of like I had to figure out how to navigate. And after seeing Issa Rae do it, she kind of like put the blueprint out there for like ah. other content creators. Absolutely. It, it's, it's instant gratification. So like right. you said, you can go to the comments and they'll tell you what you need to work on versus what you, what yeah. you, you know what I mean, should expand, yeah. upon, expand upon. So I think that YouTube was the best field just to grow, you know what I mean, your platform as far as your um, viewership. So where did you... Oh, my God. Go ahead. No, it's funny. You mentioned looking in the comments to see where you can get, you know, um, direction from. It's funny. We had taken a different approach when it came to comments and stuff with us, though we're not doing full-on productions, but it is a production in, in yeah. our own right, the videos we do. And one thing Deval and I said is that we would look at the comments sometimes if we had the time, but we, we would never alter or change our art or our mm-hmm. perspective or what it is we want to put out based on what people say, per se, in the comments. Do you ever find, like, a tug-of-war with that where you're like, these people don't know what they're talking about in the comments or... You actually say, wow, they have a point. Now, I learned a valuable lesson. Like, I would say just create your own structure. Try not to get feedback from comments. Just get feedback from industry vets. Because I remember it was a big thing. Like, people was like, we want longer episodes. And I think we extended it one time, like, 28 minutes. And I was like, this is way too long. (laughs) Right, right, right. That happened with our vlogs, (laughs) too. We started with 15-minute vlogs. And the numbers were crazy with the 15-minute vlogs. Then we got to 38-minute vlogs. People, we want more. But then I'm looking at the average duration of the vlog. Right, and right. it was at like 12 minutes right. and then I saw comments was like I love you guys but I cannot watch 38 minutes right, right, on my computer so I was like see this is why I shouldn't listen to people <laughs> exactly. I should just go with my heart go with what I know works yes. yeah. I actually want to bring the cast in so we can talk about the project because I know you have an announcement for us yeah. with the project this project has grown good news so now we have the cast of Makeup and Breakup in the house can you please introduce yourselves to us sure um, I am Nicolette Ellis and I portray Brooke Hey, my name is Omar Salmon, and I play Blake. All right. So let's go. Tell us about your characters. 
Ladies first, the star first. <laughs> okay, star. Go, girl. <laughs> um, so I portrayed the character Brooke. Um, Brooke. Brooke has gone through a lot. She crazy. Yeah. D- d- you know, just a little bit. I ain't judging <laughs> yes. her, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. Never judge your character. You cannot judge your character. No, you mm-hmm. can't judge her. No, but um, I think she's gone through a lot, especially with her, I guess, X, I can say that, right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, Blake, um, that relationship really taught her about self-love, I feel like, because also her relationship um, with someone else, a married man, mm. um, uh-huh. <laughs> it got a little sticky. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, I feel like Brooke went through this whole thing of like, okay, you know what? I'm going to evolve. I'm going to grow. I'm going to discover myself. And I think in the new season, you will see that. Oh, so, yeah. All nice. right, the Omar? evolution of Brooke. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Omar Salmon, and I play Blake. Ah. Um, yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this dude is too funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I play Blake, and Blake, I think, is just a guy. Um, he's uh, At times, he can be a little naive, um, mm-hmm. uh, a little emotional. But um, at the end of the day, he's just a good hearted dude trying to find his way and navigate through As life. As we all are. Yeah. You know? He's just a regular human being, you know? Just dudes um, trying to make it. And y'all women just be driving crazy, right. you know? Yeah. 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 All we want to do is don't go to church. Listen, Dri- do not. <laughs> don't make no generalizations. Do not judge Blake's character. Please not judge Blake's character. I appreciate Blake's character. Thank you very so much. be a good guy. Why was it important for you guys to portray these roles? Yeah, well, I'll just say, uh, as far as being a, a, a black actor, um... And uh, typically we'll get uh, thug number two or thug. We talked about this. You and I talked about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the typical thing. Or um, if they do put us in anything, it's the army guy or the cop, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's the, the most that we'll get outside of right. real human beings. But right. um, we don't get uh, people who are everyday uh, human beings uh, just navigating through life and right. trying to figure things out. Um, and I think with Blake, um, and I would think Brooke as well we just got the chance and opportunity to explore something real and bring it to life and allow people to see themselves on 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 camera that's what's up that's That's what's up yeah piggybacking off of that um I agree um I think as a black woman you know we are strong um and a lot of people see us that way but also we are human and so we do have emotions that Mm -hmm. people don't realize that we have and I know like they always say oh okay um they're saving the day this down the third but it's also like no we we are human we cry we mm-hmm. um we may we might save the day, but we also have heartbreaks, um and we go through a lot. And um I think it's very important that we show that we love ourselves. I think sometimes we forget about that. And um I think me even seeing it and portraying that character and seeing the characters that Eric has created these dynamic characters, I feel like I can relate to a lot of them, even when it comes to the men and when they're going through their own heartbreaks. Right. So I feel like yeah, we're humans. So, and you guys have been acting for how long? Oh, man. It's, it's over 10 years. Because I got to over 10 years. I got a serious question. Ooh. Um, I started in 06. Um, I decided to do it in 06. And 07 is when I actually started, started. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah. So, this was like 12. I, decided, wow. I started 2011. Well, okay. Yeah. So, that's about eight, eight years. Yeah. yeah. And the, the reason why I asked that is because... As actors, I'm, I remember at one point when I first started, it was like, oh, I don't want to be in a web series. Yeah. I want to be an actor. I want to be on TV. I want to be in movies. What changed in you guys? And, and this to you as well, to, to ask the question, what made it, like, you know what? 
let me go to to the internet yeah and see if i can put my talent there was there like um did you get tired of auditioning the traditional way or you know because i know that now a lot of people aren't necessarily always doing the traditional acting way where you submit a tape or you go to an audition and you get a call back. People are just putting their own content out now on this platform right. for everyone to see. So, yeah, at what point did you realize, like, you know what, I'm going to go this unconventional route? Yeah, for me, um, I don't. I never really looked at it as the Internet, right? I just like good work. I like good yeah. scripts. So when Eric sent me the script, I just said, this is a good script and I want to do right. it. Mm-hmm. I don't really look at it as um, uh, the Internet exposure and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen regardless right as long as you do the work so it, it didn't really bother me i hate tv but i love good work like you hate I, tv i hate tv i hate tv i love good why film. you hate tv i just think it's, it's it's not a lot of space and not a lot of time oh. um mm-hmm. everything is so pace driven with mm-hmm. film you're able to sit there and mm-hmm. dive and take your time uh, i see i see things I see. like that you hate the art of tv yes right. yes I get it, I get so it. Right. so watching it is Everything just moves too fast. The edits are really quick. I just don't like it. Um, but film, I'm able to dive in, uh, feel like I'm a part of their world. You know what I mean? Right. And I always wanted to do film. But at the end of the day, um, I'm going to do TV. Don't think I'm not going to do TV. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I haven't done TV. But once he sent me the script, and I've worked with him before, but once he sent me the script, I was just saw it. I loved it. And I said, let's rock. Wow. When you're coming up with the script and the scenarios, I think that is a good thing because you know, I could look at their potential as far as actors and I could say, well, let me give them an emotional scene or let me give them a scene right. where they're driving a the whole episode. Right. Whereas, you know, you could get booked on a big time show and maybe have two lines. Right. So right. you Absolutely. spent all these years of going to acting school and it's, you're mm-hmm. not really getting to use it. You know what yeah. I mean? So you're trying to keep yourself busy to find other ways that you can use it, whether it be theater, That's mm-hmm. anything. So yes. I will true. always see their strong points on camera and I would just, okay, let me write this scene for them specifically so they can stretch themselves and so they can have something for their real. That's dope. Um, so, and that helped me become better as a writer as well just to see um, how I, but they helped me a lot hit, when I hit the beats or whatever so I right. can understand like okay get in get out here you know what I mean cut right. the scene here so it's, it's been like a, a give good, and take yeah, that's yeah, a unique absolutely. perspective on it I haven't heard that how it, the actor and then the director writer kind of have this interwoven relationship right, where right, you're right. feeding off of each other so you look at like Ryan Coogler and you look at Michael B. Jordan they have a good relationship right. because it's kind of like I know your style now you know what right, I mean so, so I know right, it works yeah. right it makes sense so, so now mm. that you said you don't know where things are gonna go <laughs> tell us where things are going do you want to give us a little announcement about what's happening with makeup to break up yeah we got some good news um we've inked the deal with bt digital so okay. we're premiering on bt okay. um on the um, digital platforms and we um premiere monday june 24th um at 7 p.m that's what's up so y'all you make sure see? y'all that's that's check it out yeah. also my character gavin has become a recurring character on the hey. road, so you'll see me there. Yeah, he's a serious guy. So making a uh, you, debut up in there. You may hey. see a little sneak peek of somebody else <laughs> in there. I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Eric, you got a word for us? Um, just As the, the creator? The, all the content creators out there, um, don't let nobody tell you what you can't do, and just stick with it. You know, I started out doing short films first and on the film festival circuit. Um, a lot of times... You know, you look for instant gratification and you might not get that, but mm-hmm. just figure out, you know, what I mean, what your passion is and what your strong your strong points are and just continue to do it. You know, what I mean, and then at the end of the day, it'll work itself out. Like I, I started in like 2009 and here we are 10 years later. 10 years. Wow. You know what I mean? So you can't just get discouraged and just quit. So that's the one thing I'll tell everybody and put your money, invest in yourself.
So what season are we in? Just in case if people are just new to it and don't know anything about Makeup to Breakup, tell them like where we are, what they should be looking at and to catch up. can we still find it? Mm-hmm. And can we still find it? Yeah, give me all that good stuff. We're on season three. Um, season three is what's going to be premiering June 24th. You can um, check out season one and season two on BET Digital. Just go to their YouTube platform. Oh, it's already there now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So people up. can catch oh, up ahead of time yeah, yeah, yeah. as that's we count down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Uh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you learn something new every day. Huh? You see this? Yeah. That's dope. All right, y'all, this show is dope. Be sure to check it out, and we're going to move into some listener letters right after we do some ads. This for the record. There it is, a win for the ages. Tiger Woods is one of our most awe-inspiring sports icons. And his story, it comes with many chapters. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. But here it is. The return to glory. This is All American, a new series from Stitcher, hosted by me, Jordan Bell. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf. No question in my mind. And this season, with the help of journalist Albert Chen, we're asking... What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? All-American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. So now it's down to the the favorite part, baby. Yes. The listener letters. Because we love to hear from you all. Uh, We have two questions today that we're going to talk about. See if we can give you guys, shed some light, give a little, you know, tip and advice. How hard is it balancing the kids, your private life, like your own individual projects, and social media? Y'all make it look so easy, and I know it can't be. So what's the game plan for that type of stuff? Well, you hit the nail on the head, boo. It sure as hell ain't easy. We don't got shit together. Okay? Every day is a struggle. And I say that because literally every day is something different. Like, I do have my moments where I envy the person that has, like, the nine to five and the consistent hour commute in the morning and the hour commute at night. Because at least you know what the hell to expect. With DeVal and I, things are liable to pop up. Like right now. right now. Like he can literally get a phone call right now and be like, hey, we need to fly you down to Atlanta to do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what? And then that completely throws a wrench in the plan Everything. that we didn't even have to begin with. Everything. So it's literally having to make sure that, of course, the children are taken care of. We need a village. So we the village. Like, yes. Between like, our business manager. The village. Our families. Yes. Your mom. Yes. Like. We this would everybody. not happen without those vital key people in our life who keep us on track. Absolutely. Who love our children as if they're our, they're, their own children. Yes. Who, who are always making sure that we're at ease. Like my mom will always say to me, I want to make sure that the children are so taken care of that you don't have to ever worry if you're right. not with them. That's and I mean, a honestly, That's oh, a I pray for her several times a day. It's My a dad, several times a day, and all of our family who helps out. Yeah. I mean, literally, brothers, brothers sisters, sisters, like that really just are parents. invested in, in, in our children and, and, and in our dreams. Like they are, they are invested in our dreams at this point. And we have to, like, we have to tell us, tell people how blessed we are. Our families literally live five blocks away so, from each other. Yeah. Her parents, my parents, and my brother. Mm-hmm. So we have probably about eight to nine people who all live in a five-block radius. Yes. So 
if we have to drop the kids somewhere, we drop them. Right. And it's like, okay, you have something to do. Hey, Dad, can you pick them up from Miss Jane's house? Okay, you got something to do, Dad? Brian, yeah. can you pick? Like, we really Literally have an army on <laughs> of family. Uh, yes. For us to sit here and make it seem like we're super people yes. and we handle everything, just sure the two ain't. of us. It sure is not ain't. that way. No. We have an army no. behind us who really helps us. And then we have right. extended aunts, aunts and uncles who live close to us. Yes, godparents, like, friends. Yes. And, yeah. and, and realistically, tr- trusting that village that that if something happens... They got our kids and each other. Mm-hmm. We wake up every morning. First thing we do, look at each other. Like, okay, what's what the plan for the today? day? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's where you gotta be every morning. Every single morning. Actually, every night we'll do that, and then I have to do it again in the morning because Devon don't be listening to what I'm saying half the time. So I have to reiterate what not I said. Not if you the got on them before. shorts. If you got them shorts, so I ain't listening to a thing you say. <laughs> Very true. I'm not. That's you so walk true. in there. You're so easily distracted when you're ready. You're easily. You're ready. You're you are easy distraction. <laughs> you are a very easy distraction, yo. Like I'm not even oh, gonna lie. Oh my goodness! But yeah, we 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 don't like if the game plan changes every day, and it literally is like a game time decision a and lot we, of the time. We communicate a lot. Like you we, have, we have to. We have a group chat with our business manager, right. with our siblings, right? With her mom, right? So when something comes up, it's like a chain. Bling 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 bling. <laughs> Everybody knows <laughs> right. where we're supposed to be and right. what's gonna happen, right? So somebody always has the kids, right? And we always have each other. So right. we talk to each other like, "Yo, want me to go pick this? I'll, I'll go do this. I'll go pick that up. You worry about what you have to worry about." Oh my goodness! And and like last night, for example, Deval had an audition to tape, so we're doing the self tape audition at home. And I said, "You know what? Let's leave the babies at my mom's because even if they're up late or they won't go to sleep or whatever the situation is, at least they're not going to be making noise in the house. Right? So we can get your audition tape done. And then I'm in the mid- middle of writing a keynote speech that I have to deliver on Saturday. And Jackson wants to stay up and watch the Golden State Warriors game. So we're trying to spend some." Quality time with, with him Jackson. simultaneously. Right. It's just like, and then we both look at each other and say, "Did you check his homework?" <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, damn, damn. It. <laughs> I was like, "What is that math test again?" And then he Shit. then he comes back. He said, "I got my math test." I said, "Oh, you had it already. What'd you get? Like, ninety two. So we like, damn, we parenting the shit out of these kids. He's smart as hell. He got a ninety two. We ain't even we check his homework. Prepping, prepping for that one. But poor Jackson. But he's great. He yeah, rolls he's with great. the punches. You know, sometimes he's just like, Mom and Dad, I miss you guys. You yeah. know, when we're traveling because we've been he going through that a lot though, us. with them. Yes, they they're a tired of, of us leaving. Yeah, and that's you know that's as we start to, to grow. With as a business and mm-hmm. as a brand, mm-hmm. we're going to have to make some serious life decisions right. about where we live with our kids, right. what we want to do. Right. And sometimes pass, like Kadeen and I oftentimes pass on opportunities. If it's not in alignment with what the children are doing mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a de- detriment to us financially, it's like, yo, you know what? Right. We really don't need to do that. Right. Like Jackson got football practice. Cairo has to do this. We mm-hmm. got potty training. Kaz hasn't seen us in three days. He's been with your mom. Like, nah. Yeah. Let's chill and spend some time with the boys. So Absolutely. it's also knowing when to shut it down oh, yeah. as a parent. Because that's oh, the most yeah. important job you'll have on earth yes. is being a parent. Absolutely. So sometimes Absolutely. you got to pass on stuff. Yep. Yep. So there you go. In a nutshell. Yes. In a nutshell. <laughs> there, hope, that was I hope one. we helped. If, if not, we've helped ourselves because now I know I got some shit I need to focus on. <laughs> yeah. We just trying to figure it out. We trying to stay afloat, girl. <laughs> Yes, but um, okay, here's the next listener letter question. Is there a such thing as curfew for married couples when hanging out with friends? Should his or her spouse come home at a decent hour when going out along to hang with his or her friends? Hmm. I don't 
think there should be a set curfew per se, but a common decency as to when you're coming into the house that you share with your spouse or your significant other. I mean, at least if you're in touch, I think that it's okay to to be out a little bit late. But I don't. We don't ever put a stipulation on time where I'm like, Deval, you got to be back before the sun goes down or before the streetlights come on or you know before midnight. We don't. We we personally in our relationship don't put those kind of restrictions on each other. But we are in constant communication. Though my communication tends to be bad sometimes. But I try to communicate and let you know, like, <laughs> you know, at least I'm en route to come home or, like, how I'm, long I'll be out, more or less. You know what's funny? I'm really trying to sit and think about a time where we ever actually put a curfew. And I think because we were dating so young mm-hmm. and we're from New York, mm-hmm. things are open until 4 a.m. Right. It never seemed odd to be out to at be a out club late. It's very four. true. Very true. You know, and yeah. um, so to be honest, no. I guess I there's a leniency there with us just because of the culture around yeah. like New York nightlife. New York nightlife is, is very different. You know, right. you're, you're out late. And to be honest, you're not getting to the club until like midnight. Right. You know, 1230. So really Ladies free before 12. So you get there right. like 1159. Right. You know, and then you're in the club from 12. And the party don't really start jumping right. to like 1, 130. And then by the time right. you're done and then you may go get something to eat after. And, you know, you're rolling around 3, 330. Right. So it's then, not uncommon for us because you think about it, you've been gone a total of maybe three hours right and i think i think that's more of a a thing than anything else like we try to find time for each other and Mm -hmm. in these busy this busy lifestyle we very rarely have time for each other so there are times where it's like yo all right you're going out with your friends can you at least be home in time so that we can spend some time absolutely and that's that's not a his thing or her thing it's just all right you're going to spend time with your friends i get it but if we were supposed to spend time today, can you at least find time for me? Right. And it's just so hard right now when I think about it because, yeah. you know, the the small group of solid friends that I have, they're so amazing and they're so understanding and they get it and they all have their own lives too and they're juggling mm-hmm. a bunch of things. And that's the beauty in my friendships that I have yeah. um, is that they're able to know like, okay, Kadeen is busy. I'm busy. There's no love lost if we can't right. see each other all the time or talk all the time or if I take a while to get back to you via text. It's because I could barely text my husband back, you know? Yeah, you know, you're because bad with things that. Are, yeah, because things are just crazy and I'm trying to do a thousand things at one time. Um, but the communication helps, you know, when you can let the person know that. You know what I wonder, though? You know, I miss you and I want to see you and be home in a decent time. This is what I wonder, though. Someone asked that question, mm-hmm. which means in our mind, we, we only exist in our relationship. Right. It seems odd for someone to ask for a curfew. So mm-hmm. for me, it just kind of was like, do do married people really put curfews on each other? Because when I think of curfew, mm-hmm. I think about a mom or a dad putting right. a curfew on a child. Right. Whereas you shouldn't Where be Where you want to get pushback, no, potentially. Not, no, not, not we, of course, with, with adults, you're definitely going to get pushback. Yeah. But for me, it's like you put curfews on a child so that you can avoid them being out during a time when you know only bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. Or you put a curfew on a child to where it's like, I want to go to sleep and I'm not going to sleep until you're in the house. True. So you I need to be in I cannot sleep soundly until I know you're in this house right. and you're safe. Yeah. So I kind of want to pose this question because I'm interested in knowing. Right. You know, do other couples put curfews on their marriage? Mm-hmm. Not that it's a bad thing, but I want to know, right. you know, what's the premise behind the it and behind what's it? the reasoning behind it? Because I'm like, it really, when I was sitting here thinking when you were talking, I'm right. like, why would someone put a curfew right. on their spouse? And right. I want to know because right. I'm, I'm, I'm Because you think a interested. curfew has like a negative connotation. You think about it even if you're, say, you know, you're in trouble with the law and they put a curfew, you can't be out past a certain time right. or something. Or, it's you know, oppressive. Like it's, it's oppressive. It makes you it feel like, why right. are you trying to keep me in a box and I have to be home at a certain time? Right. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm interested. I want to know. know. Hit me, hit me in my DM or yeah. send a, um send an email to deadassadvice 
at gmail.com. Right, exactly. And let us know your yeah. thoughts on curses. I, mean, I really want to know because this could be a topic right. for a podcast because that really made me wonder, right. like, dang, people really put curfews? Like oppressions within relationships or something like that or, or ways well, people some, feel oppressed in relationships? Some relationships are oppressive. Right. I mean, if you even the idea of marriage and where it started from was mm-hmm. very oppressive. Mm-hmm. You know, women were considered property. Right. That's the only reason why marriage started. Women were considered property. So the idea of oppressive relationships, we're not that far removed yeah. from women being oppressed in this country right. where we can't acknowledge that there are still oppressive relationships. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in knowing, you know, like what's, you know, what's the mindset behind right. it? You right. know, I'm interested. Yeah, interesting. So, um, so, yeah, definitely. If you guys want to be featured as one of our Nistler letters or if you have any feedback about curfew, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. Yes, that's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. So, Kadeem. Deval. What's your moment of truth about social media? Ah, my moment. There's so many truths because this is, I feel like this is like our specialty. It's our livelihood. So this is like what we do. Um, So there's so many moments of truth that I can pull from this entire episode. Um, But I guess if I had to just pinpoint one thing, it would be to continue to, or if you haven't yet, develop a thick skin when it comes to social media and your content. Mm -hmm. It's art. It's out to be subjective. People are going to feel some kind of way. And you, in turn, cannot feel some kind of way if somebody felt some kind of way. You should be excited about it. Exactly. I agree. So take what could potentially be something negative or make you feel badly about and turn it around and be like, you know what? Somebody felt a way about this. They're engaged. They're talking. They're sharing. They're sending it to their friend. They're tagging them. Because ultimately, that means that it sparked something in someone Absolutely. to then debate your topic and to give their feedback. And then you may potentially learn something. Ah, they, see? Learning something. You may potentially learn something that you didn't know before. Be willing to learn. Absolutely. I like that, baby. Thanks. My big takeaway is own your life. Mm-hmm. Social media gave us an opportunity to create autonomy in our lives. Mm-hmm. We created a business mm-hmm. where we can support our families, but also share our art, control our narrative, mm-hmm. and do what we want to do in this life. Because Absolutely. you have one inalienable right on this earth when you're born, and that's to survive by any, any means, means necessary. necessary. And if you can use social media to survive and enjoy it while you're surviving, why not? And ride the social media wave. Like, we don't know how long this is going to be. We don't know. I mean, I think social media is going to continue to grow. And it's, you know, but in terms of like, you know, brands being conscious and and, and being a part of the the partnerships that we do now and just anything that's happening right now in this moment, if you can capitalize on it, do it while you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And check this out. If you like what we're doing, be sure to follow us on social media. That's I am DeVal. And Kadeen I am. I want to spell it out because you like to spell K-H-A-D-E-N is a Nancy I-A-M on Instagram. Oh, you flipped that. Yeah. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, rate, download the episode. Like I told you before, tell your friend, tell your mama, tell your <laughs> auntie, tell everybody. To listen to Deadass. Deadass. Deadass is a production of Stitcher. It's produced by T-Square, Stephanie Kariuki, and Denora Pena. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon, and we'd like to give a special thanks to our recording engineer, Jared O'Connell, our sound designer, Brendan Burns, and studio manager, Ashley Warren.
We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. We have a podcast going on right now as part of the Stitcher Network called The Distraction. That's available everywhere you get your podcast at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction. Right now. It's out. Do it, please. <laughs> 